It is Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John, and that dashing young gentleman to my right is Richard. Hi, Richard. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just a reminder to you all, as I always do, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods. If you like what we do, and some of you do, some of you don't, those of you that do, please give us a like, subscribe if you haven't already, and hit that notification bell. All three of those things give a little goose to the butt of YouTube's uh, algorithm, and they go, ooh, like that when they get it in the videos. So please do that. Our main topic today, hashtag variant gate, Richard. Yeah, this is this is juicy. I've been enjoying watching this develop over time. I was gonna cover it Friday for one reason because it was it was breaking news, and I was gonna do the whole breaking news thing, and I forgot. So we're gonna cover it today. <laughs> uh, also, we've got hot book of the week, our underrated books of the week, twenty-five year rule. You know how we do on Mondays, but first, Richard. Free comic book day report. Uh, I went to Palm Springs. Oh, I, I wish I had been in Palm Springs too. Instead, I went to, um, I was here in Ohio. I went to a local comic book store who was doing an event. Not only were, were they doing uh, free comic book day, but they were also doing a uh, signing by none other than Chris Claremont. <laughs> Chris Claremont in Cleveland, Ohio for free comic book day. Yeah. What? Meanwhile, I'm in Palm Springs. No guess. What's uh, as you can imagine, it was it was uh, there were a lot of people there. Uh, fortunately, the uh, the comic book store, uh, Carol and John's, uh, had experience doing this, uh, doing you know the free comic book day. They had a separate line and a separate location for wow. the free comic books, and then they had the main line for Chris Claremont. Um, opened at ten was when he started doing signings. Uh, I got there at nine and I was roughly number 50 in line <laughs> by the time 10 o'clock rolled around. There were at least 200 people behind me. Oh my goodness. Uh, there were a lot of people that showed up for the signing and Chris likes to talk. He likes to spend time with his fans. So it, I was number 50 in line. I didn't actually start. Oh, you know, he started saying at 10, I didn't get to the front of the line until about 1230. Wow. So at about two, uh, I hear they cut off the line. No one else. They weren't going to let anyone else line up. He stayed there until seven doing signings. And uh, yeah, it's it was there were a lot of people who wanted to meet him and, and justifiably. So he was a, he, he was a very personable, very intelligent man, like I have always imagined him to be. Um, I had a little difficulty in that. And I waited all that time. And there's people around me. We were talking and chatting and they're just like. Just like me, they were they were fans. They brought books. I bought three different X Men books with me to get signed. And uh, the people in front of me it was a couple um, in front of me who engaged with Chris. The, the line they're trying to move the line on because you know fifty people in three hours is just not going to make it. No. So they're trying to make people you know hurry up to the line. The people in front of me started talking to Chris about the X Men storylines. Uh, from, you know, from uh, Houses of X and Powers of Ten and and you know, a little bit before that. So they were trying to explain to Chris, who who apparently was not up to speed with the newer storylines. Um, and, you know, they got their book signed and then they stood up to the sign and they kept talking to Chris. Oh, so come I, on, guys. Yeah, I'm I'm in front of Chris and I would like to engage with him. I don't want to say a whole lot. I wanted to mention to him. He's one of the reasons why I still read comic books. Um, but I didn't have an opportunity. He was talking. So I actually, you know, 
I was going to be that guy. So excuse me, you know, I, I'm, it's my turn to talk to Chris. And they, they apologized and they backed off. But then Chris asked them another question. And, <laughs> you know, this Chris Claremont, you're going to, you got a chance to school Chris Claremont, you're going to do it. So they started talking to him again. Uh. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to be the guy who, who is just a dick about the whole thing. You should have said, I am Richard from <laughs> modern God, gosh, darn it. Well, you know, if I had if I had asserted myself again, and now I'm standing in front of Chris, and now he's looking at me like, "Who is this dick?" Right. Um, actually, it's Richard. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I he signed my books, he signed my three books. I got a picture with uh, with him. And so, uh, you know, from that standpoint, you know, it was successful. But still, I would have loved to have shared a few sentences with the man while I was standing there. Uh, you know, after waiting for three and a half hours. Uh, so that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. I actually didn't go to uh, my local LCS to pick up books for Free Comic Book Day. Um, I was just kind of off put by the whole experience. Aww. So it's all right, you know. That's there if they're available, I'll pick them up when I when I go in there on Monday because I didn't pick up my books for Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, if not, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. Wow. Well, okay. Uh, I know Chris Claremont is incredibly uh, gracious with fans, so. When you have that, when you have a guest uh, like that, you really need uh, a bodyguard. You really need someone to be the bad guy and get right. there and stop it and say, okay, let's move on, you know, because he's not going to do it. He doesn't want to be rude to fans. So you really need someone from the store to kind of jump in and go, look, you guys, you had your, you had your moment. Now let Richard tell Chris how much he hated Mohawk Storm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's, it, you know, he was spending 10 minutes with some people, 10, you know, and when you've got three, you know, 250, 300 people in line, that's just not going to work. I can understand that and wanting to, to move it forward. But, uh, when you're, when your turn is done, get out and let me talk to him for my 30 seconds. I will say Carolyn John's shop is really well run, uh, not a slam on them, but you know, some, it, someone should have been there to be like, look, we got to keep this thing moving. And right. so no one wants to be the bad guy, unfortunately. Sometimes you got to be the bad guy. Uh, I went to Palm Springs and I stopped at uh, our friend uh, Interstellar Comics and Steve there. The place was jam-packed. He had stacks and stacks of everything for free comic book day. He had stacks of stray dogs. He had wow. Yeah, so it was like not a problem at 2 o'clock in the afternoon just to stroll in and get everything you wanted. So good on you, Interstellar. Um, and I'm going to go to my local LCS, uh, who held books for me as well. Uh, shout out to Ryan and Pulp Fiction here in Long Beach, but it was, it was a fun free comic book day for me. It wasn't as stressful as, uh, <laughs> as yours apparently. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Yeah. Uh, how, how are those, uh, puppies, uh, your feet, how are your dogs barking still from standing in line? Oh man, three hours, three and a half hours is a long time for some of my age to stand in one spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I feel you. I'm with you. All right. Well, we hope you guys had a good free comic book day, too. Let us know in the comments. But time to move on to our hot book of the week. It is Batman Urban Legends number six. Richard, have you ever heard of this book before? This week? <laughs> I, I've never I've not heard of this title before. You know, all the press around this particular issue. 
Well, it is a Batman anthology title. You know, several uh, stories of people in the Batman family. Back in the day, we called the book Batman Family. <laughs> Just, you know, a heads up. It would be cool to have that name back. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not running DC Comics yet. Uh, this is the issue. You probably saw a lot of mainstream uh, media attention around it. So kudos to DC for that. I saw it on NPR. I saw it on Associated Press, Reuters. Tim Drake, a.k.a. Robin, comes out as bisexual, shocking absolutely no one that's been reading comics for 30 years. Uh, this book is selling on eBay already anywhere from $25 to $40. I have theories about this. This book has an $8 cover price, and it's wow. a Batman anthology title. So I can't imagine orders were very high on this issue. And I'm sure they didn't say in the solicits, Robin comes out. Um, so there's true scarcity here, I believe. I will say, you, you might disagree with me here, Richard. I'd flip this one quick if that's what you're going to do, because I'm not sure stuff like this ever has legs. Remember Alpha Flight 106 when North Star came out and that was a $20 book overnight? Well, it didn't last, did it? Remember when North Star got married and that was a $20 book overnight? <laughs> well, that didn't last. No, you know, this, these, these books uh, celebrating these kinds of first appearances, I think are important milestones, or not first appearance, but first occurrences are, mm -hmm. are important milestones. But, it, you know, it really, to me, it's, it's sad that we have to call out these kinds of events. I mean, it's, it's his choice. It's his life. It has nothing to do with his ability to fight supervillains. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would um, see there, see it being uh, a book of value in, in five years, for example. Is Dr. Wortham spinning in his grave? Is <laughs> saying, I told you so, which is that's right. We've you know, those poor innocents, we sure have uh they've been seduced. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, Google seduction of the innocent and uh go get up to speed. Uh yeah, so bottom line here, you know, I agree with Richard. It's kind of a big meh, it's kind of a nothing burger. I see some more conservative aspects of the hobby uh, getting really riled up about it. But really, have you read the books? <laughs> it's not, this is not a shocker, people. Wasn't Tim Drake's Robin the one that had the little uh, big toe separate from the rest of the boot on his booties? No, I really? I didn't notice that. Maybe it was all ninja-y. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our main topic, and that is Variant Gate. If you're not familiar with what's going on, we're going to we're going to get you covered here. Walmart has been selling these comic book multi-packs for both Marvel and DC for a couple of years now. Uh -huh. And we've covered this on the show. Uh, it tends to be maybe one exclusive Walmart exclusive cover with a couple of overstock books. Let's be frank. They're going right. into the warehouse and grabbing anything and just, you know, we made too many of this one. Throw those in there. Well, over these uh, couple of years, we've seen some regular ratio variants appear in these packs, one in 10s, one in 25s. I mean, a few months ago, I think I even talked about it here on the show, I pulled not one, but two spectacular Spider-Man, Frank Miller, one in 1,000 sketch variants from these Walmart packs. So this is not new. What's new that's got everybody riled up is that we're seeing more and more of these ratio variants 
variants appear in these multi-packs along with, and this is a big no-no in my opinion, store exclusives. So let's say, I don't know, Unknown Comics had a store exclusive. These are showing up at Walmart now in their packs. Newsflash, that's no longer a store exclusive if another store is selling it. Just saying. Probably the most notorious thing that people are finding in these packs are uh, copies of the Gleason Amazing Spider-Man 55 second print variant. Now, this Gleason uh, cover was a 1 in 25 for the stores, but there was also a Gleason uh, online store variant that's showing up in these Walmart packs. Yikes, no. And Gleason's like, hey, what the heck? So I did a little experiment on the way to Palm Springs, Richard. I'm driving through the desert and I look over and I see a random Walmart in the middle of the Moreno Valley. Just, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pull over and just see if they have them. Got there and they had a whole slew of them behind the counter. They weren't out and you had to ask for them. And I told the, the nice woman working the register, I will take all of them, please. And she said, all of them? And yes, all of them. So there were 10 of them, uh, two DC, eight Marvel. Here's what I pulled. Lots of stuff. I'm not going to bore you with the stuff that just shows up over and over. I'm not going to bore you with the actual Walmart exclusive variants like Black Cat Annual Number 1 Walmart exclusive variant, Captain America Annual Number 1 Walmart exclusive variant. Right. We've seen those, right? Mm -hmm. That's the stuff you expect, right? Right. Here's what I pulled. I'm going to go from least impressive to most impressive, okay? So I got... Oh, all right. Superior Spider-Man, number one, the Stan Lee Memorial variant. Okay. That's a $10 book. Mm -hmm. All right. That's not bad. That's not too shabby. Taskmaster, number two, the one in 25 LaRocca variant. That's okay. a $25 book. All right. Okay. And then I'm going through and I see this. The nonstop Spider-Man, number two, one in 100 okazaki variant it's okay. a 40 book more impressive yeah yeah so just out of those eight packs i got three ratio variants i didn't get any store variants so i didn't have anything like that happen um so they more than paid for themselves with just those three pulls and let's not forget that's being lost in all this the actual walmart variants do well in high grade <laughs> right the black at annual number one, and if you get a 9.8, that's going to do well. Even selling it raw, you get 10 bucks a pop for that. So let's not lose that part of it here. Um, my guess, why is this happening? There's extras left over from the original print runs of these. We've talked about this. We've speculated on this. And this, just to be clear, is still pure speculation on our part. But when you have a 1 in 25 uh, that you've got to print and only... 464 stores qualify for it. Richard, you know what I'm going to say, right? Right. They, there's a minimum print number that they're going to have to print. You and there's pulp, pulp the extras, right? Exactly. You, you can't go in and say, can you print 484 of these for me? World right. No, they're going to toss you out and say, you got to at least do 500 or, th or 1,000. Mm -hmm. But you're right. You Very good point. Technically, they're supposed to pulp what's left over. You leave some for damages and lost books and and. Right. and orders my other guess is that all these extra copies have been sitting in a warehouse gathering dust someone's got to pay rent for that stuff when there's space in a warehouse the company is paying rent 
for each space in that warehouse. I would imagine some some uh, hard charging bean counter that's trying to make a name for himself there said, we got to get rid of these books. And he may not be familiar with the fact that these are store exclusives, may not give a crap, frankly, uh, and didn't want to pulp them. And so uh, <laughs> they just threw them in these Walmart bags. Oh, that's horrible. I mean, I you know, for the store exclusives is one thing. The one in 1,000 ratio books, though, um, obviously they can't just print 50 copies of that's wall that you know right. that make the ratio. So there, I wonder how many of those are wandering around out there. Um, it's, it's really just affects the value of those books that are uh, available. We're seeing it. Uh, I think that uh, the Gleason second print variant is doing okay because it's that Gleason second print variant cover that everybody loves. But some of these other ratio uh, books that were fetching high prices before are starting to drop a bit. You know, yeah. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people are pulling that Thor hidden gem variant that was, you know, a hundred dollar book. And now all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of them on eBay. Yeah. So, yeah. Gleason said, uh, hold on to your uh, certificate of authenticity because that may be the only thing that differentiates the book that you legitimately bought off of his website against one of these books pulled out of these Walmart bo uh, boxes. Yeah, but you can't have CGC slab that, you know? No, no that's that's true. They, it gets lost in that whole process. You're going to have to sell it raw if you're going to do that. Now, there's a couple of things going on here. you got the collector's end of things. Hey, exciting. I got a 1 in 100 um, Spider-Man Virgin cover that's really cool that I can flip or keep or whatever I want to do with it. The retailer end of things, I'd be pissed if I was a retailer. You know, we, we do love the retailers here. I'm going to defend the retailers. I would be pissed. You guys are telling me that as an incentive, you're trying to get me to order 25 of Taskmaster number two. Right, right. Okay, I'll order 25 because I want to get that ratio variant that I can sell to a customer or give away at the store or whatever I do with it. And now I can, that same guy off the street can walk into Walmart and walk out with one for eight bucks, you know, when they buy the three pack. I'd be pissed. And justifiably so. I mean, this this is a this is a monumental screw up by whoever is running that particular warehouse. Is it a screw up? Well, you know, you're right. They're, they're supposed to hold back a certain percentage for for um, damages, and it's typically what ten percent that they'll they'll hold some yeah. some some back. Um, is that all we're seeing that's there, or did they just not pulp these books when they were supposed to pulp the excess? Just you guys, just you're on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, type in Walmart multi-pack uh, uh, unboxing and you'll see all sorts of videos of great people in the community ripping these open on camera and just yeah. ratio variant after ratio variant. Boy, the one that cracks me up is Eternals. There must be 9,000 <laughs> variants out there. I don't know what they were thinking about that. But yeah, uh, I think it's going to affect the the uh, price on the secondary market too for a lot of these, and it's changing how I approach yeah. buying ratio variants. I was already cutting way back, and now I'm like, why bother? Yeah, I stay away from ratios pretty much. Uh, just the the value of them is difficult to assess over time, and things like this are really really affecting that. Now, I will say this uh, in Marvel's credit. People are excited about Marvel Walmart variant packs now, and they're going out and buying them all. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Pulled over in the middle of the desert to do it. <laughs> and it bums me out. The DC ones. Do you know what the DC ones have? 
No, what? Four books, okay, and you have a chance of getting a foil cover exclusive in every one in 20 packs. Oh, geez. That's horrible. Come on, DC. I, I, oh, all right. <laughs> if only someone could improve DC's ability hey, to do marketing. Hey, 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 hey. All right. What do you guys think? Again, uh, this is 98% pure speculation on our part about why this is happening or or what's going on. We're watching the news. We're watching everybody's reports. And it's interesting. Uh, so tell us what you're finding. Tell us what you think's going on. We want to hear from you in the comments. Uh, and, you know, maybe in some of these ratio variants, 25 years from now, they'll be worth a lot of money. Huh? 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 You like that one? Because it's time for the 25 year rule. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> I want to say a half hearted attempt at uh, a survey. It was serviceable. It was serviceable. A quarter or an eighth hearted attempt. <laughs> 25 year rule is when we look at books from the year 1996 and the good, the bad, the ugly. Today, Richard, I think you picked one that's a combination of all three. <laughs> so what is it? Yeah, I picked Storm Number 1 from 1996. Uh, this was a limited series, four-issue limited series, uh, story and dialogue by Warren Ellis, and the artist is Terry Dodson. All right, I got to stop you there. Warren Ellis wrote a Storm miniseries, and, and I missed this? What? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't call this really his highlight of his work, to be oh. honest. Oh snap! Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, this this is this happens right after uh, Storm uh, kills um, Marrow, and she enlists the aid of Cable to help her um, apologize to the Morlocks through something called a ceremony of light. Well, that gets her sucked into some alternate dimension, and um, Cable thinks she's killed, but in reality, she's pulled into this. Uh, pocket universe uh called the hill uh by mikhail uh, rasputin who is who is colossus's uh older brother and, and uh she's witnessing a fight between the morlocks be trying to get to the top it's it's, it's really just a strange story what is happening i like so i i i'm not really following it very well um the, the long and the short of it is um she battles with mikhail rasputin and um, manages to um, to escape and stops a potential bombing of um, of her, the real universe or her universe hmm. by the gene terrorists. And uh, she, Callisto returns and uh, is also battling here. And the thing the, the thing that I like about it is she gets a new costume. She gets rid, rid of the costume she had since the um, the X Men TV show. And she got done something a little bit more revealing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a good point from that uh, aspect. But to me, I, I, me personally, I didn't necessarily think it was uh, a good outing. And this, but it also just, it smacks of 1996. There's a lot of, a lot of storylines like this. That I think people were kind of phoning in. And that's the feeling I get. If, if you're a fan of this, of this um, uh, limited series, let us know. Give us uh, your particular point of view. But for mine, I, I really didn't think it was that good. That's disappointing because I like Warren Ellis. I am planetary. He wrote one of my favorite 
uh, mini series of all time uh, ended up being a mini series because the reaction to it was so negative. They canceled it immediately. And that's Druid. Um, and he wrote Hellstorm. He wrote a, a great mm-hmm. Hellstorm. So that's disappointing to hear this. I haven't read this, but it sounds incredibly convoluted and confusing and not what I would expect from a Storm miniseries. Right. It, Storm has a miniseries. Oh, great. She's going to go you know, help the Morlocks fight the Reavers or something. Nope. Nope. She's going to go into another dimension. <laughs> yeah. This is her first solo series too. Um, GPA wise, 9.8s are going for about $98. Uh, there are 23 9.8s on the census out of a total of 52 books. So there's representation there, but you know, you don't have to go out and rush to buy this before the prices spike. Um, you got some time. It, it, even if it spikes because of Storm showing up in the MCU, I see a lot of other things um, becoming more valuable than this particular book. Terry Dotson did the art, huh? Yeah, Terry Dotson. What do you think? It's acceptable. It's it's good. I mean, I it's it's not uh, it's not Adam Hughes. Uh, <laughs> the reason I ask because uh, you're such an Adam Hughes fan, and Terry Dotson, you know, I, I jokingly refer to as the preeminent Adam Hughes. That's not Adam Hughes. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 um, it's serviceable. It's it, okay. That's what you want in a in a review. It's acceptable <laughs> and serviceable. It doesn't make me nauseous. Let's put it that way. Well, it looks like you have a ringing endorsement for the Storm miniseries <laughs> on both story and art, Richard. Uh, so check that out. I'm sure you can probably grab that in back issue bins for cover price or a little above, maybe. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Uh, that's an interesting pick. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for, you know, the Rogue miniseries where she goes to hell. <laughs> well you know anything with cable in it to me is uh, eh. well well yeah that's another thing why bring cable into it uh yeah okay weirdness you had me at storm you had me at morlocks you had me at listo there sounds like there could be a story there but it just didn't happen does she have a mohawk no she does not she has her full flowing white hair there is a plus uh (laughs) i wish i had seen claremont this weekend because i'd be like look what were you thinking with the mohawk God, I wish I had thought that. I wish I had been able to ask that. I I was kitty pride in that moment. How could you? <laughs> Ran out of the room. <laughs> I'm sorry, kid. All right, let's move on to our underrated books of the week. Mine, Richard, is one that I don't know if you have, and it's. I think you should because you like the the significance of this book. It's Destroyer Duck Number One. Not only is this an excellent satirical story about uh, the evils of corporations, especially those that publish comic books by Steve Gerber and Jack Kirby. It's about Gerber's ownership struggles with Marvel over Howard the Duck. It's also the first appearance of Gru the Wanderer by Sergio Aragones. Richard, would you be shocked if I told you the 90-day GPA or CGC 9.8 of this book is $587. I really would be. I, I remember Destroyer Duck. I don't remember um, ever buying it off the newsstand, but that's a lot of money for a book that really just isn't, uh, you know, first tier, in my opinion. People want grew, I think. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the Destroyer Duck thing, Jack Kirby, Gerby, that's great. That's like gravy, but people want that grew first appearance. I looked this up today for the show and I was like, <laughs> I was thought, oh, it's going to be a $100 book, $200 book. <laughs> 
No, it's like a $600 book in 9.8. I still grab this book whenever I see it in a show. I don't think I've ever paid more than $10 or $15 for a copy. That's why that price really threw me for a loop. You're, you're, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's the Gru appearance, and Gru has it's it has a following. I want to call it a cult following because I don't think it's necessarily mainstream, but there are a lot of people who do like Gru. I'm going to flip that uh, comment on its ear. Gru was hugely popular in the 80s and 90s, especially with what I call the civilians, people who didn't really read or collect comics like we do, the casual readers. They loved Gru. I had people that would come into the shop and just buy Gru and Conan. Those are the only mm -hmm. books they ever bought. And I don't think they saved them. You know, you don't see a lot of high grade Gru collections out there. I think it's still being published today. There's a Gru and Tarzan miniseries from Dark Horse that just came out. I think if there was ever a Gru cartoon, this thing would be a very popular cartoon and it just might goose these books. But I think a lot of people are now 25 year rule, 30 year rule have a fondness for Gru. And I know you do. And you're, you're still trying to get your early Gru's together, right? Yeah, you know, Gru is one of those characters that was ever present when I was growing up. It was wasn't necessarily the first book I reached for on the shelf, but it was a book I always reached for. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I've got Gru number one, and I would love to have a you know a collection of all those early books. Just again, because you know, reliving the childhood. There are actual Gru keys that do well. Uh, the last issue is tough to find of the Epic series. Uh, the first appearance of Roferto, his dog sells for a, you know a decent chunk. So there are some some maybe it is a cult, but it was it never it never came across as a cult to me. It was almost like the, the reverse of a cult, where the mainstream people bought that, and the cult book was Cable going to hell with Storm or whatever the heck was going on over there. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely a book that you don't have to be a Marvel fan to really appreciate. Now, it's funny that your underrated book of the week is the pick you had because Stan Sakai is so closely tied with Gru. Uh -huh. He's been the letterer for Gru since the beginning. What's your book? Yeah, my book is a modern book. It's actually, it's a new book. It's is Usagi Ujimbo number 20, the second print. This book just came out um, a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. It is the first appearance of Yamamoto Yukichi who is a character that uh, knew came across uh, Usagi early on in, in his life and did something that he regretted. And so he's remembered uh, Usagi all this time, runs into him as he's doing a, a task for his master who just recently passed. And um, later on, you find out he's actually a cousin of Usagi. So, and it's it's an interesting story. This is Stan. Stan is such a such a, a master at his craft. He basically tells the same stories for he's told the same stories for the past forty years. Like grew, <laughs> like grew. He just tells them differently. He 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 casts them differently and and uses different characters in them. You know, I I could have sworn I read something just like this back in the the eighties. But it's 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 uh he he writes it in a style that that fits the the time period and you feel you're sucked into it mm -hmm. um it's i feel this character is yukichi he follows you know he finishes his his uh his mission and he begins following um yusagi on in his wanderings 
And he could continue if, you know, there's a potential this character can be an ongoing, long-term character and potentially in the future, maybe even get his own title. We'll see because Stan has been faithful to Usagi and I think it's paid off by just, he's just got a solid fan base. And with the, with the new TV show coming out, you know, this may be an opportunity for a younger version of Usagi to, uh, to branch off into its own title. Uh, this book is still affordable. You can pick up a copy of this for under 20 bucks off of eBay, or it may even be available still at your local comic book store. This is the second print. I like it because it's an, uh, an homage to Usagi number one, Usagi Jimbo number one with that orange cover. Um, the first print is also valuable, and I think it's really nice. There are also some store exclusives. Uh, Stan's sold uh, copies that were uh, a version of the original uh, first print. And also an, a really cool Albedo 2 homage. So you can pick those up on his site. No GPA or census yet, obviously. It's just still too new of a book. But I, my opinion, buy it Well, it's cheap. Because if, uh, if this character becomes something permanent in, uh, in Stan Sakai's universe, this could be a, a really key book. I, like, I love that pick. Uh, it, it, if you had had a place of bet, who would come to animated form first, Usagi or Gru? Who would you? Have oh, I picked Usagi for sure. Really? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's I, you know, you you would pick Gru. I would pick Gru. I think Gru would probably. May, I'm obviously wrong, but I thought Gru would have <laughs> more universal appeal. Gru is uh, more tongue in cheek. I think you know he's you know you could I regrew kind of like a comic strip. You know oh, from yeah. right. So it's. I, I think he kind of falls apart when he have long form stories mm -hmm. just because he is more of, you know, Hagar, the barbarian kind of or Viking kind of thing. Um, while, while, you know, Usagi, I think works better in those in uh 30 minute mm -hmm. uh, show than I think uh, I think that grew would, would work in. Uh, Mark Vanier, who uh, writes the book along with Sergio uh, grew. That is mm -hmm. always jokes that, you know, it's the easiest assignment because it's the same story. Every time a <laughs> uh, grew walks into a new town, destroys town leaves. So <laughs> you might have a point there that might get a little tiring, but it's, it's so entertaining. All right. That is going to do it for us this week. Uh, make sure you follow us at bronze and modern gods on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like this video, like it. If you want to subscribe, that would be awesome. Remember, do see YouTube for us. Oop, right in the little, right little teaser there. It always helps. Richard, thank you once again, buddy. Sorry about your Chris Claremont experience. It's all good. It's all good. I got to meet him. Um, really, really nice man. I wish him all the best, and I, and I hope that I get an opportunity to meet him again. I'm telling you, next time, swing that. I'm from Rounds and Modern God. <laughs> I'm going to elbow. Next time, I'm just going to elbow. But don't you know who I am? <laughs> see if that works. I have a feeling it won't. But, yeah, okay. But well, we'll see you next time. Everybody stay safe.